Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. This is Brother Julius. We are going through the book of First Epistle of John. We are going to chapter 2 right now. Apostle John was giving exhortation to us right now and he said in verse 1 of chapter 2, My little children, these things write I unto you, that ye sin not. You remember he was talking about in chapter 1, he went further and said, if we say we have, no, we have not sinned, we make him a liar. And his word is not enough. So it's continuation of that chapter 1 that he said, My little children, these things write I unto you that ye sin not. And it's a continuation of that verse, it's a conjunction. Sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. So the Lord Jesus Christ is still, as of now, advocating for us before the Father as our high priest after the order of Mexico. He said, if anybody sin, we have an advocate with the Father. Now remember, it does not say you go and complete, go and be sinning. If you have accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, a new creature, you have made a new creature in Christ Jesus. All things have passed away, all things become new. We are a new creature, our spirit has been re recreated. And he said, and if any man sin, it will grieve you if you have sinned. It will grieve you. And then you confess it to Christ. And he said, an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ righteous. And he's able to cleanse us. Verse 2 says, and he is the propitiation for our sins. And not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Christ is the propitiation. That is, is, of, is defending us. is pleading our case before God. That his blood was shed to cover, to cover, to wash us clean. And we are accepted by that because God said, I will not remember their sins anymore. And But God sees your heart. If you are indulging in sin, you can see that. That's why he says, sin not. But if you are the one that is just indulging in it, like people, they, they willingly were doing this, then there will be no sacrifice for their sins. But when you have said, Lord, wash me clean, yes, wash you clean, and the enemy make you to yell and curse, and sometimes you get offended and angry, you realize that you have done something wrong, you confess it to Christ. That's what he said. Confess it to Christ. And he will wash you again so that you will live for him continuously. That is what he meant that he is a propitiation for our sins. See, if we say we have no sin, see, we deceive ourselves. But there is an advocate with the Father that is pleading our case and is washing us with his blood. So we cannot rule out that. But it's a sin not. Because the only one that has been washed you have been washed and if you are not a pig, you shouldn't go back into the mud. Remember that. Don't go back into the mud. Like he said, the dog returned to its vomit. We are not dogs. We are sheep and we don't return to vomit. So that is what Apostle John is also alluding to in this chapter 2 of his epistle. He has a crisis, the propitiation for the sins of the whole world, not just the sins of believers, for the whole world. But the world has not come to him. So anyone that die in their sin will go to hell. So there's no there's no escape for that. He has said that uh, if you die in your sin, you go to hell. But if you repent and come to him, he will cleanse you with his blood. And you live holy. If you fall into another offense, he will call, call, call upon the Lord and be grieved by your spirit and confess it to Christ and he will wash you with his blood. But don't be indulging in it. Why? Because God can see your heart. The heart that is indulging in those sins, God knows it, that you are indulging in the sin. But if you look at it, you couldn't help yourself, come to Him. That's why He comes as the Messiah. Some people are addicted to things like cigarettes or alcohol. 
It looks like you couldn't help themselves. Something is pushing them. That's a demon that's pushing them to do it. Then when you come to Christ, he drives demons out. When you give your life to him and you, the word of God begins to live in you. And those things don't stay around you anymore. But if you say, well, I've done, I've stopped. And then you secretly was interested in it. And you are still indulging in it. That it's you that's doing that. See, God can see the heart, which we cannot see. So you're not deceiving God. But he's talking about if you fall into the offense, because the devil can see make people trip into sin. But you come to him because you are grieved. And God will still wash you and, and forgive you. So it is to be balanced here. That when, yeah, we are a new creature in Christ Jesus. But our position is saying, if, and if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. But he said, my, I write unto you that you sin not. Oh, we fully confess. We fully doing sin is going to be no no more forgiveness of sins. If you are willfully offending, you see that in the book of Hebrews, Apostle Paul alluded to that also. And you better don't willfully be committing sin. And our three of First John chapter two that we are reading, and hereby we do know that we know Him, if we keep His commandments. That's how you know. You know God. You are in Christ. It's because you are living for Him. That's how we know. Verse 4 says, He that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. If you confess, if you claim that you are a believer in Christ, you confess that you, are, you, you know Christ Jesus, and you are not keeping his commandments, and the commandments of God will be summarized for us in a, in a moment, because Jesus Christ came and said, A new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another, is the kingdom of love. So the commandment of Christ now is that we love one and walk in love towards every man, towards our brethren, towards every person. Love. Because love will cover all these other things. Thou shalt not kill. That's, love will not make you kill. If you love somebody, you won't kill him. Thou shalt not commit adultery. If you love somebody, you won't be committing adultery with, with, the, with his spouse or our spouse. Thou shalt not steal. If you love somebody, you won't be stealing from them. So that is what Jesus Christ said, that love covers all the of all the sins that God give to mankind. When you give the Ten Commandments, they are also summarized in love God and love your neighbor as yourself. If you love your neighbor as yourself, you won't do all those wicked things that the Bible says that shall not, that shall not, that shall not. So that is why it is the kingdom of this the commandment God gives to us is love. So that is what he says. If you don't keep that commandment of love, then you are a liar. If you say you know him. If you see half harbor hatred against somebody that did you wrong, then you are not walking in love. Or somebody you think is the one that is going to that is your 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 family member that you just couldn't say to why because of what you thought he did or what you heard he did or what you were imagining he did. All of those things that make people to hate one another is not working in love. If we walk if the Holy Ghost is in you and you are walking in love, love everybody, love all your neighbor, love all even unbelievers, love them too. That's what the Bible is saying. You have to walk in love. The kingdom of love is what Christ has come to present. And Apostle John, in this epistle, he emphasized that about love because God is love. And when that love of God is in us, we should love everybody. And that's how we keep the commandment of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he said, If I say I know him and keep not his commandment, he said, I'm a liar. And the truth is not in, in me. He that said, I know him and keepeth not his commandments, is a liar and the truth is not in him. That's verse 4. Verse 5. But whoso keepeth his word in him, verily is the love of God perfected. See, it's so good to always come back to love in this chapter. The love of God is perfected in you when you are keeping 
his word, the word of God, which is the word of God, the word of Jesus Christ is love one another. Hereby know we that we are in him. Now let me digress and say a point because I have preached to some people that don't want to accept, when you tell them to come and accept Christ, they say, well, we just have to just love one another. Yes, that's what the law of God is, love one another. But it does not leave out the fact that you still have to accept Christ to be able to love one another acceptably. Because how can you say you can love one another and you, you rejected the prince of peace, the love, the king of love himself. That is what Christ says. It is when Christ is living in you and in me, that's when we can really love one another acceptably before God. Without the shedding of blood of Christ, there is no remission of sins, even the sins of the past. So that's one of the reasons when we are preaching the gospel of salvation, we have preached to some people, they, they try to reject Christ and say, well, we just love Uma, everybody. You can love everybody and still be going to hell if you don't accept the sacrifice that forgave the sins of mankind. Because the sacrifice is the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because why did they want, why did they hate Christ and just wanted to go on their own, trying to please God by loving one another, they want to put away the name of Christ. Because Jesus Christ said they hated me without a cause. Because the devil is still around them, that's why they are doing that. The devil doesn't want them to call that name Jesus, because that is the name that destroyed the devil. So that's why he's trying to keep them from the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, just love one another, just love one being, just love everybody. But you can't love enough to please God without the Lord Jesus Christ come and live in you and wash you with his blood and partake of the atonement, the atonement of the blood of Jesus Christ that saved mankind, that redeemed mankind. Without that atonement, your loving one another is not acceptable before God. You just must first partake of the atonement, uh, partake of the sacrifice of the blood of Jesus Christ. Unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life in you. So you have to eat the flesh of Jesus Christ and drink his blood then life of God is in you, then you can love one another as the Bible is saying and you are acceptable because you are already acceptable in the sight of God when you have Christ inside you then you will be able to do the commandments of Christ which is said loving one another so without Christ, you, your loving one another is not going to be perfect that's why Apostle John is saying in verse 4 here, verse 5 Whoso keepeth his word in him really is the love of God perfected the love of God will perfect in you when you have Christ in you and then you are keeping the love, the love law of Christ. Verse 6. He that said he abided in him, that is in Christ, ought himself also to so to walk, even as he walked. If you are saying you abide in Christ, you'll be walking like Christ walked. How does he walk? Holiness, righteousness, faith. Verse 7. Brethren, this is Apostle John still writing, I write no new commandments unto you but an old commandment which ye heard from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which ye have heard from the beginning. See, again a new commandment I write unto you, which thing is true in him and in you, because the darkness is past and the true light now shineth. So what is this new commandment? Verse 9, He that seeth is in the light and hated his brother, is in darkness even until now. So he's talking about love again, you see. If you hate your brother, you don't have love. So the new commandment is the same thing as the love. Verse 10. He that loveth his brother abideth in the light. 
and there is no occasion of stumbling in him. So Apostle John is emphasizing the, the, is, the topic of his, of his epistle here is love. You can't say you love and still hate somebody, no matter what the fellow did to you, you have to forgive them. So that's why he says, he that hated his brother, he's going to say it in verse 11 right now, he that hated his brother is in darkness and walketh in darkness and knoweth not whither he goeth because that darkness has blinded his eyes. So hatred will blind the eyes of people that have hatred in them. So he says darkness. Verse 12. So I write unto you little children because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. So who are the little children? Everybody is like a little children. I remember he said our sins are already forgiven us for his name's sake. When we remember that, it will make us to be humble and thank God. Verse 13 says, I write unto you, fathers, if you are saying I'm older people, because you have known him that is from the beginning. So you you are he's writing to the father. The fathers are people that are aged people, maybe they are, they are, they are grandparents right now, or you are no more little kids, you have your own children. He's saying, Remember, there's a father that is above all fathers, that is from the beginning. Because we have known the everlasting father, see that's why he's writing to us. Say, so you should praise in God that. I am, if, even though I'm, a, I'm not a little child, I'm a, I have, I'm a father, that's what we call a father. Say, but you have known him that is from the beginning, the father that's from the beginning. I write unto you, young men, because ye have overcome the wicked one. That's another confidence is given to the young man. Remember, you are a young man in your 20s or 30s. He said, remember, you have overcome the wicked one. Every one of us have overcome the wicked one through the Lord Jesus Christ. Not because you run to the muscle you have, it is through the Lord Jesus Christ that we have overcome the wicked one when you belong to Jesus Christ. Then he went for us. I write unto you, little children, he's repeating it again, ye have known the Father. So now, little children, remember you have known not just your earthly father, but the heavenly father. If you have born, you have been born again. So you have known the everlasting father. I have written unto you, fathers, because ye have known him that is from the beginning. So we that are fathers say that we already have known the everlasting father. That's a it's a thing that we should be rejoicing for. I have written unto you, young men, because ye are strong and the word of God abideth in you, and ye have overcome the wicked one. It's more, less, more like a party people in the back and say, you have overcome the wicked one. All of us have overcome the wicked one by knowing the Lord Jesus Christ and by accepting Christ as our Lord and Savior. Now, verse 15, it's going to change here. Now, he said, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world, if any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Now let's talk a little bit about that. What is loving the world? When we say world, it's talking about not, not this planet Earth. It's talking about the societal things that makes people say this is what they enjoy, love to enjoy, the things that is making them crazy, that they are crazily following or running after. That's what the world is. All the entertainment of the world is what the world is running after. That's what the world is. And that's why I said, neither the things that are in the world, what's the things that are in the world? The love of pleasure, things that satisfy the body, the flesh, alcoholism, drunkenness, or party reveling. All of those things are things that are in the world that the world is running after. So don't love all those things. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. See, but why did God allow this thing to be in the world if he doesn't want us to enjoy those 
things that the devil has introduced because the devil is ruling the world so far. God has allowed the devil to rule the world since he stole it from Adam. Those things were introduced into the world, the societal ills, as we call them, all these excesses. Excess of wine, excess of this, excess of that, that turns into violence, that turns into fighting, that turns into quarreling, that turns into killing one another. All of those things that is, they are all introduced by Satan into the world. That is, those are the things that are in the world. Excess for money, love of money, love of pleasure, all of those things that are introduced, love of Acquiring everything just for yourself, self, 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 self. Those are the things he's talking about. See, if you are loving those things, those are the things you are pursuing. See, the love of, of, the, of the Father God is not in you. But God said, when you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these things shall be added unto you, not taken away, added unto you. Not that you'll be added fornication, no. Those are not the things of God. Not that you'll be added alcoholism, no. Those are not the things of God. But the wealth, the peace of mind, not to talk of the financial breakthrough. God will be adding those to you because you don't need to be loving the money. God, money will just be coming your way because you are loving God and seeking God first. So all this will be added to you. The, the things that are, if you are not putting God first and you are pursuing other those things, you are getting it from the other side, from the enemy. And that is what is saying there that if you love the world, the love of the Father is not in you. Verse 16. All that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, and the loss of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but it's of the world. Now he's summarizing everything in the world in three things. Three things. Loss of the flesh, that's your, your flesh wanted to do this thing, that's desiring this thing. Loss of the eyes, your eyes wanted to partake whatever he sees. That is loss of the eyes. And then pride of life, you don't want to be recognized. Pride, I want to show off. You want everyone to know you. That's pride of life. Now, those are, I said, these are, those things are not of the Father, they are of the world. Verse 17 says, And the world passeth away, and the lost thereof. But you that do the will of God abide forever. So the world will pass away, even the individual people will pass away, and what they have acquired, all the things they are run after, will not be able to help them when they die. No, sir. But where do they go when they die? That's the, that's the issue. Where do you go from here? If you are not preparing for the after death, after life, if you are not preparing for eternity, you'll be sorry. So that's why he's saying here that the world passes away and the loss thereof. When they pass away, you see pass you pass into the hell with like the rich man and Lazarus. Remember the story of the rich man and Lazarus that Logica gave it like a parable. It was not a parable. He said there was a certain rich man that was living sumptuously and a beggar by Lazarus that nobody could help even that was sitting at the gate of that rich man but you know that story in the book of Luke Gospel of Luke now the rich man died Lazarus also died but Lazarus the beggar who feared God not just because he was poor but if he feared God and but nobody could help him and when he died he just carried his soul to paradise but the rich man, with all his money, when he died in a coffin, they buried him in a beautiful coffin, but he found himself in hell. His soul in hell. See? So all the money he has acquired and built mansions that he built for himself couldn't help him in that hell. He was asking for a little water from Abraham. He said, there's no way you can help you. See? But that is why Apostle John said, the war passes away and the loss thereof. 
But you that do it, the will of God abided forever because you are going to be in paradise if you die and then you come back because God is going to raise the Christians, the saints of God, back to this planet earth and they will live forever with Christ. So that is very important that you better prepare for the after afterlife. Verse 18. Little children, it is the last time. Now it's changing here. Now it's going to talk something like prophecy. It is the last time. That is the end of the world. That's what it means. The last time simply means the end of things. We are in the end times. Another way to put it. And as ye have heard that Antichrist shall come, even now are there many Antichrists. Now, in the old generation, they have been preaching that there is going to be a, a ban of sin. And we have been looking for that Antichrist since that time. And it's coming at the end of the world. That is a ban of sin that we mark the whole world in the book of Revelation chapter 13. That no man, no man will be able to buy or sell except they receive a mark. And anybody that had that mark is doomed by because the book of chapter 14 said nobody should take the mark of the Antichrist. But Apostle John is saying in their generation they have heard about these things that was prophesied to them that is coming to happen at the end of the world. They say that we are already seeing anti. Anti means opposing Christ. We are already seeing spirits that are opposing Christ, even their generation. And that has been going on till, till now. And that's what it refines to in verse 18, first John chapter 2, verse 18. You see, as ye have heard that Antichrist shall come, even now are there are many Antichrists, are the people, spirits that are opposing Christ. Whereby we know that it is the last, and that's you see when they are now they say we are at the end times. When he was writing this, could be maybe forty years after Christ died, or fifty years after Christ died. We don't know exact time, but they are thinking we are there in the end times. If they are in the end time from that time, we know how about two thousand years later we are really at the end times. So take note of this: that these things have been occurring since then, and it's come to occur until the end when this real spirit. Call Antichrist will possess a, a leader of the world and do the things in the book of Revelation chapter 13. Verse 19, he went further to say what are these people he meant by Antichrist, which means they are just some spirits, some people that are behaving or opposing the gospel. He called them the house of Antichrist. That's what he's saying here. So they went out from us, as he said, some believers that claim to be believers, but then they separated from the true believers. He said they went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us. So Akawa Pastor John is simply talking about what was happening in their generation, maybe in their fellowship, some people have separated themselves from the believers. And he said when they went and formed their own false doctrine type of group, he said that's why they were not of us. That's what he's referring to. But if they are opposing Christ, call them the Antichrist, anti to the Christ they are preaching. Because at that time, people from the other religions, like the Jews, they came around and tried to tell them that Jesus Christ is not the Savior. That means they're saying he's not the Christ. But they claim to be Jews. So we will call them Antichrist. So when he say there are many Antichrists, those are the people he was referring to. Because that has been going on since the time the Lord resurrected. And the the Pharisees tried to make them in Jerusalem say, well, just say he was, he was, his body was stolen by his disciples. They told the soldiers to say that, but see, he actually resurrected. 
those people that saw him resurrected and went up to heaven, they bear witness. So that was what he was fighting to. And they didn't silence themselves after a few days or two years. It's continued among the Jews. And you know that these people that are preaching to us, the opposition, they were Jews too. But see, the majority of the place where Apostle Paul was preaching to the Jews first, he went to them, and some of them we believe, some of them we oppose it. Those who oppose it, say, well, the Sanhedrin said, you guys stole his body. So they were anti to what the apostles were preaching. That's why they call them anti-Christ. So that is what he was referring to, and that went on for many years in their generation until all the Jews were actually scattered worldwide. And they were, their city was destroyed, Jerusalem was destroyed. And we do not know whether Apostle John was still alive when that happened, when Jesus was destroyed. But when he was writing this, the Jews were still effectively everywhere, and mostly in Rome also. And they were, and they were opposing the gospel that were not believers. But the rest of the Jews that are believers are also many that are preaching the gospel. So when he said there are many antichrists, he was referring to those type of people that are opposing the gospel. Now he went further, verse 20. Say, but ye have an auction. Then when you, why did he say in verse 9 that they went out from us? That means some of them will come around as joining them when they when they had the other things being brought in, like false doctrine, they separated and said, say, Well, they don't want to believe that anymore. That's why he said they went out from among us. And he said they are not of us. Because it's very easy to be that's why we want people, that's why we be we we believers. Don't be fooled easily. Because some people will come among you as if they have accepted your Christ. But if they are not really genuinely born again and accepted Christ, very soon within the time frame, they will begin to preach some heresies. They will begin to preach some falsehood. And then they came among you because you preached to them and they said, yeah, we accept Christ. Even it has been noted even in our generation right now, there was a place where a pastor went and preached to other people and these young people came and said, well, they accept your Christ. And started coming to their Bible study in the pastor's house, not knowing that these people are not, uh, they, are, they are jihadists that just fake it, that as if they have said the gospel that this pastor was preaching. But when they come to their Bible study, they are just trying to monitor how many people are coming, who are there, and how to, when do they meet. And very time, very soon, it was reported. This is something reported in our generation, in some places in, East, in, in the Middle East. The pastor was finally attacked by these young men that have been coming to their Bible study for a few weeks. And they thought these people have given their life to Christ. No, they just came to, to, to look at who and who are coming when they can they attack them. And they claim they have given their life to Christ. They have not. So don't be fooled by them. Don't be fooled by them. But God see their heart, you see. And God knows all things, so don't, they, they, they are not fooling the pastor. Even though they attack the pastor, or maybe they kill the pastor, or they beat him up, and so on, so forth. But see, they are digging their graves in hell. And that's what Paul is, Apostle John also is referring to. In their own generation, it happened also in their generation. People claim and claim they are already part of them. And very soon they started preaching to, to turn people away from the Christ that they said they have, they have listened to their following. That's why I say they went out from us. Say, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us. That was 19. So the same similar thing in the case of the one that we just tell the story of in the Middle East. Those people maybe they went to just beat up the pastor. But suppose they actually stayed there and started twisting the gospel they hear and trying to preach to make the other people that are joined to be confused. Or to, that's really what these people are trying to do in the days of John. 
they didn't try to just beat up the apostles. They tried to confuse the people that are coming and say, Jesus Christ is not the Messiah. And he said they were anti-Christ. Anti to Christ. Verse 20 says, But you have an auction from the Holy One. And you know all things. That is, we are being taught by the Holy Spirit. So all these people that are trying to treat the word of God, they won't be able to confuse those that are true believers. They have been born again. They have been saved. They can't confuse us because Christ is in us. The Lord Jesus Christ actually said in one of his epistles, he said, if it were possible, they would deceive the very elect, but they cannot deceive the very elect because Christ is in us. So that's why you make sure you are grounded in Christ, you are in Christ and you are grounded in the word of God, and the devil will not be able to deceive you through all those unbelievers or false believers. Verse 21, so I have not written unto you because you know not the truth, but because you know it and that no lie is of the truth. Who is a liar, but he that denied that Jesus is the Christ. He is Antichrist that denied the Father and the Son. Praise the Lord. We are going to continue this because this chapter is deep, chapter 2. So we will continue in the next broadcast. God bless you.